purpose over pointless excuses. That is what is going to be discussed in season three, y'all, episode one of Real Reading Talk. You all better get ready for our phenomenal guest, Mr. DeMont Pope, okay? And he is going to be talking about his book, background, and all the other great things that he's doing for the community. So you all make sure that you have your notebooks, pens, pencils, whatever you choose to write with, ready for this dope episode of Real Reading Talk. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Miss Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. All right, y'all, I appreciate you all. For those of you who have been rocking with me since day one, since I started back actually in 2017, okay, and then had took a hiatus, then came on back and I said, all right, I'm about to do this thing. I started, you know, understanding I was able to uh, do podcasting a little easier with the uh, platform Anchor and everything. So with all of that being said, this is season three, y'all episode one of season three and we are about to go ahead and get started because guess what i have an awesome awesome guest on here all right y'all y'all just do not know okay the moment that ebony donley which is his cousin by the way she is the one who hit me to her cousin and I'm just like, dad, man, greatness just runs in their family. I mean, it's just like amazing. Listen to his podcast, which he is going to share with everybody as well. And then, oh my gosh, the dopeness. When she gave me a copy of his book. Oh my God, I, I'm, I'm just so excited. Just got to show y'all real quick. I'm like, I'm just, woo. And of course, he's going to get all into that. And I would like to welcome Mr. DeMont. Pope to Real Reading Talk. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Miss Sasha. I'm so honored to be on the platform. Like you are doing some phenomenal things. As you heard about me from my cousin Ebony, I heard about you through that same, that same grapevine and it's been an honor ever since. So I'm just honored to be on the platform with you today. Well, that's what's up. I love it. I love it. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, as they say, great minds think alike and, yeah. you know, all of that type of stuff, all the, the that great energy when you're putting out great energy, trust and believe God will bring it back to you. And I firmly, firmly believe in that. So we are going to get started because the folks, they want to know about you. OK, and that's why you're here. All right. <laughs> So first and foremost, I would love for you to uh, introduce yourself to everyone. Tell everybody, you know, of course, uh, you know, who you are and your background, you know, where you grew up, all, all those little nuggets that we need to know about Mr. DeMont Pope. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, of course, as you know, my name is DeMont Pope, a.k.a. Mr. Purpose Over Pointless Excuses. You know what I mean? Um, I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, in the inner city of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I come from a, 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 a rough background, 
Um, as far as my mother and father goes, like it wasn't really much peace in the household. So I grew up in a lot of dysfunction. I grew up in poverty, like money was always an issue, moved around a lot. Um, in Seisha, I went to what, six different elementary schools, two different middle schools. So by the time I got into ninth grade, Miss Aisha, I was already at my ninth school. So I was always that new kid, you know what I mean, in a new neighborhood at a new school. So it was really hard for me to adjust. I struggled early on with insecurity, um, lack of my biological father in my life. Like he, he got arrested when I was about seven or eight. Then I haven't seen him since then. And while he was in the household, like he had a drinking problem. So I, I witnessed um, an addiction to alcohol. I witnessed the domestic violence at an early age. So it was rough for this little Atlanta boy growing up, you know what I mean, with, with such a big heart and, and seeing so much dysfunction, so much hurt, so much pain. Um, and, and, and my mother, she did the best she could with holding it all together and giving us some positive reinforcement. As you know, what I just described is a lot of adverse childhood experiences or ACEs for short. Um, but there were some positive childhood experiences in the midst of that. Mm, oh, my goodness, man. It's yeah. It, you know what? I mean, of course, once again, as we know, uh, you know, when people, they go through struggle, as Frederick Douglass says, you know, through struggle, there's progress, right? Come on. But I still, the problem that really, of course, just affects my heart, which I know it affects your heart and those uh, who are conscious of humanity understand that, why is it that in the Black community, mm. why we gotta, why, why are we dealing with all this trauma? Why is it a lot of times we hear this same scenario, this same narrative. Yeah. I, I would like for you to to address that just from from your vantage point. Where, you know, where where does that come from? Yeah, that's an outstanding question. I'm glad you asked. You all in my niche. That's what I do. You know what I mean? That's what I specialize. The thing is, like we got these generational cycles, right? Like like hurt people hurt people, and and trauma begets more trauma. You dig what I'm saying? So so when we grow up, we we come from a culture where you know this is how I was raised, this is how my parents was raised, and this is how I'm gonna raise my kids. Not knowing that that we're effectively passing down generations of trauma, but this is the thing that we don't know. Like the trauma that happened to my grandfather is embedded in my epic makeup. So it's it's scientific at, 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 in, in a way, like not only are we passing it down by our behavior, but we're also passing it down in our genes. Like it's literally genetic, like these generational curses. It's real, sis. I ain't finna lie to you. And we got to learn how to break these curses. We got to learn how to replace the negative with positive. And a lot of times we think just because we're doing better than the last generation, we think we're doing good. I was one of them persons that's like, well, since I ain't doing as bad as my dad was doing, I think I'm doing okay, but the more I grow, the more I learn, I realize that I can always have improvement. And just because you're doing better don't mean you're doing good. So I think it got a lot to do with our history. Like it really is embedded. They tell us we just got to get over it. You can't get over it. You literally have to either prevent the adversity or in our cases as adults, we can't prevent childhood adversity because it already happened to us. But we what, what we can do is mitigate it. We can treat it. We can start the recovery, the healing process so that we can prevent it for the next generation, Miss Sasha. Y'all, y'all see why I have this dope brother here on my <laughs> show. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, you are just hitting the nail on the head. I mean, the, when, as you started talking about the epigenetics. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, come on. yeah. Come on. I, I'm it. reading this for the second time, okay? If y'all do not 
have this book by this sister here, Dr. Joy DeGruy, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, America's mm -hmm. Legacy of Enduring Injury and Healing, yeah. then I don't know how you're going to heal. Come on. I don't know how you're going to stop, just like our brother DeMont talked about, in terms of this continuous injury that we keep putting on our generations. And then when you said that fact of just because you're doing better then your your fathers and your mothers doesn't mean that you're doing good doesn't mean that you're doing things in which you're still breaking the generational curses that we have been infected and affected by come on due to the fact of this false notion of white supremacy because you know as those of you who rock with me y'all know I am unapologetic about talking about that because what you're talking about that is the root cause of why we're dealing with what we're dealing with today that's the main reason why I started Real Reading Talk, because I know the legacy, I know the injury that's been done to our people when it's centered around education, around, around literacy. There was a time, just like our brother Kyrie Irving said in that interview, yeah. you know, if you want to trick, you know what I'm saying, a black person, or they really, what they were saying is, if you want to hide something from a black person, you put it in a, <laughs> exactly, a book, okay, all right. And so um, with that being said, okay, oh my gosh, man, this, this, is, this, is, this is just something else. I love it. So you know we are going to get into the book, all yeah. right? But what I want everybody to know, because of this knowledge that you're dropping, you are very educated. You are a very articulate Black man. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and I'm being facetious when I say that, okay? My brother, you know what I'm saying? He's bringing it, all right? Um, I would like for everybody to know what she... What what do you do, man? What what's your profession? Bring it. <laughs> All right, another great question. I am an author, and I am a motivational speaker in the youth space educational field. Um, I'm also an educational consultant and a mentor. So I wear many hats, many hats. Mm. Oh my goodness. Oh, that also, I'm a podcast host as well. <laughs> And what's the name of your podcast? You're going to drop it again at the end, but drop it now. Yeah, the podcast is titled King Speaks Podcast. Capital King, Capital Speaks, all right? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, my goodness, man. And and you just, again, you know, you you speak with such, with, with confidence, but also, too, you know, I get this, this love. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I get this caring, this compassion from you as well. So it's not like this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got it or whatever. You know what I mean? I overcame. It's this, you know, no, you know what I'm saying? I, yes, I appreciate who I am. I am confident, but guess what? You are in the business of bringing out greatness in others. Absolutely. Because in order for you to be a mentor, in order for you to, to guide, especially our young people, you have to have the mindset of, I am bringing out the greatness in you. All of you have greatness in you. And in particular, when it comes to our black youth. All right. So with all of that being said, man, I just I just want to say thank you, first of all, for what you do. Thank you for your work. We appreciate you big time. OK. And um, yeah, you're going to talk about I want you to talk about that merch, too. I, I see that. I see that shirt. You little got a little something. something you know what you know what what I'm saying? Saying? <laughs> Tell everybody what, what does that say on there, by the way? Might as well just stay right it's, there real quick. It, it's purpose over pointless excuses. I told <laughs> him in the introduction, I missed the purpose over pointless excuses. And let me break that down for him. Miss Aisha. May I break that down for him? Yes, you may. Of course, you can see it's it's derived from my last name being Pope, and I love acronyms. So I turned my last name Pope 
into a brand. It's actually the title of the book that we about to talk about. It's called Purpose Over Pointless Excuses. What you have in your hand is part one to the book. It's going to be a series. So it's more to come after that specific book there. So Purpose Over Pointless Excuses is for me, it's, a, it, it's to set a standard for my family that I've never had. It's to set that bar so that my kids and the generations to come will always have something to look forward to. Like we got a standard set, like, okay, this ain't what we're about. This is what we're about. So I'm going through the, through this uh, struggle of breaking the mold. I'm trendsetting, so to speak, trailblazing. Like I'm knocking down all the trees. I'm cultivating the land. I'm doing all of the labor work so that the, the generation coming behind me will have an advantage and that they cannot walk like I was walking and insecurity and having the identity crisis because of not knowing who my father was. I want them to be 100% sure of their identity and their potential, not just know about it, but I want them to be able to walk in that full potential and realize what their purpose is in this life. Mm. Oh my gosh, y'all. This, hey, y'all, listen, if y'all ain't got a copy of his book after listening to this episode, and I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, for real. I mean, right there, that just, that book, your explanation, all of that just hit me on so many levels and especially that father piece. Mm. I mean, and it's unfortunate. It's, I'm not going to, of course, we are definitely here to talk about the, the healing, right? But of course, right. in order to talk about the healing, we still got to address the issues. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the whole point, right? And so, and we're still dealing with this issue though, in our communities of, Black men still struggling with stepping up to the plate in terms of staying in their children's lives, even if you are not still with the mother. Okay, so we're still dealing with that. Or, or unfortunately, we have issues where you have the men who are there, but it's like they're they're invisibly present. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually got that 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 term from uh, an author and I had read a book. I had saw one of his interviews uh, some years ago and he talked about invisibly present and he was talking about actually us as black people in re reference to white folks. But you have that that aspect of that black man, you know, sometimes struggling with that in his own family. It's like you're there, but you're not. You're not involved. You're not engaged, you know, or saying things like, yeah, you know, I. I pay my child support. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, I'm I'm sorry. You, you know, you don't want to be looked at as just, you know, the bank machine. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But that's what you setting yourself up for if you're just there just so that your child can just, you know, take things from you. You know what I'm saying? Material things. So these are real things, uh, Brother DeMont, that we got to deal with. And that's why I want to delve into the book right here. Before yeah. that, though, I want to ask you something, though, in reference to reading. Okay. And this is all, you know, segue into your book now. Did you grow up reading? You coming with some heavy questions, sis. <laughs> Listen, I got, I should have been prepared for the hits. You know oh, what no, I'm you're, saying? Oh, no, you're prepared. You did, that's how you so, roll. So in full transparency, because that's all I know how to do. Um, I grew up reading, but not books per se. Like I grew up in the church. So it was like forced to go to church. You finna be off in this church. So I grew up reading the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And of course in school, that's when I had to do what I had to do to get the grades that I had to get. But it wasn't like I had a library of books at home. Um, now I should have looking back in hindsight, but again, when you know better, you do better. My mother did the best she could, but I did not have libraries. I had library cards, but I wouldn't have got going to the library just reading for fun like my cousin was doing. You know what I'm saying? And we can 
can see how that impacted me as opposed to how her upbringing was. So mm-hmm. reading is very important. And, and I didn't have that structure and that foundation growing up outside of the Bible. Got you. Got you. Well, guess what, brother? Same here. You know what I'm saying? Same case with me, you know, um, and I'd like to tell my story because of the fact I started Real Reading Talk, because of the fact I started a nonprofit organization called ABC Read. And our mission is to develop and nurture a culture of literacy in Black and underserved communities. I'm a reading tutor for pre-K to fourth grade. And so I know somebody, hey, man, you just literacy, literacy, Black, and it's like, and I did not grow up in that environment. But again, just like you, you know, this is not a knock to my parents. I believe they did the best that they could with what they could, you know, but as you said, you know, I believe it was uh, Dr. Maya Angelou who said that when you know better, you do better, if I'm not mistaken, you know, and the thing is, is that, you know, we grew up with, I had encyclopedias, you know, most, most black homes, you had the set of encyclopedias (laughs) in the house. Okay. You know, but in terms of like, seeing my parents read or getting books read to me before bed, you know, or even, or even just talking about black history, you know what I'm saying? Those types of things. I didn't grow up with that type of stuff either. I had to actually, I didn't learn that, you know, till later on, actually shout out to my grandmother. Um, well, you know, rest in peace to her, but she was the one Gloria Silly Rice. She was the one who led the way and paved the path for me in terms of learning about my people. All right. And having that cultural awareness, you know, so all of those things, you know, what I'm saying, like I said, you know, a lot of us, we can relate to that in the black community. And when we know better, we do better. So there's no excuses. And that's why now, ooh, no excuses. Hold up. Sounded like we about to. <laughs> I had to do Let's it. I had to do it. Yeah, of course. That's that's right you know what I'm saying it's like you know you you running the play you know what I mean I'm I'm throwing it out there you like hey let's go let's do it so now let's talk about the book the awesome book right here uh purpose over pointless excuses y'all he talks about topics on bullying depression insecurity leadership potential rejection respect self-worth worthlessness how to discover the power to overcome the DeMont Pope story, part one. Please tell everybody what inspired you to write this book. Well, all the topics on there, Miss Sasha, I, I experienced. And, and, and I came up literally on the rough side of that mountain. Um, I struggled again, like I said, with the insecurity um, with the identity crisis of, of my biological father not really being in my life. And, and I had a stepfather in my life, but but that wasn't really what I needed in my own opinion because, mm-hmm. you know, he had an addiction too, which was worse than my father's. And we got exposed to a lot of other stuff that, you know, caused trauma, you know, before the age of 18. And we know that that trauma before 18 can cause lifelong problems. It it, it can cause health issues. It can cause behavioral issues. It can cause issues in literacy, meaning that if you can't read on a fourth grade level, by the time you in fourth grade, the the, the system pretty much guarantees you a juvenile or a jail cell because they feel like you're not going to be competent enough to get a job and you're not going to be competent enough to maintain that job. So you're going to do some things illegally. So my whole mission was to break that cycle 
and break that system, not just for me, but for the people that I had influence over. Because I noticed that when I speak, Miss Sasha, whether I was speaking in a church environment, whether I was in the streets, whether I was in a community center, like people always kind of gathered around, like even during the Trayvon Martin situation. And I was downtown Atlanta at the state Capitol and I talking to one person. And before I knew it, it's cameras everywhere, it's people everywhere. So it's almost like this has always been my purpose to inspire, motivate, educate. So I'm like, okay, I want to use my voice, but I want to use my voice in a positive way. And I didn't grow up reading and I'm, 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 I'm a public speaker. I've been speaking like literally since the age of 19. So we talking about almost 20 years of me having a microphone standing in front of people. But here's the thing though. I found out that when you become an author, you establish yourself one as an authority, but also books never die. So I wanted to create something that was going to be here, Sasha, even when I'm gone. And I got a background in music and everything like that to where my kids will be able to hear my voice. But I want my kids to be able to pick up a book if their dad is not here and they can still hear my voice as they read the words on those pages. And not only that, so that I can continue empowering people, right, for generations to come. Like we still talking about the great Dr. King, Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, Frederick Douglass, Mega Elvis. Like, like we don't know much about these people. So I want to encourage our people specifically, first and foremost, I got to start the love in my own household. I just wanted to inspire them, but I had to tell my story to let them know, like, you can look like I look. You can come from where I come from. Like you don't have to grow up reading to become an author. Like you, you can start, you, your chapter doesn't have to start where you are today. All you got to do is turn the page and write another chapter. You feel what I'm saying? Yes. Oh my gosh, man. I mean, books never die. I was mm. jotting that down as you said that leaving <laughs> a legacy. Those are the things that you're saying. Those, that is key. It's like, and th that message right there, just just rings so true because just like you talked about Dr. King, our dear brother Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman, these were people who operated with integrity, with yeah, dignity, yeah. with knowing their flaws. Because that's the thing I want you to, you know, delve into in terms of with the book and everything. Because a lot of times people, they'll see people just like how you are right now, which I know, you know, I know you like, you got, you still got work to do. You always try to strive to be better. But if you have somebody who's struggling with their self, they'll look at you like, man, you know what I'm saying? You got it going on. You got this podcast. You know, you're an author. You know, you're a mentor. You know, you got your, your merch. You got all these things popping for you. You're a speaker. You know what I'm saying? You know, you're doing all these things. And so what happens is, unfortunately, when people don't see their self-worth, like you talked about in the book, they'll feel like, you know, oh my gosh. I can't do this. You know what I'm saying? Look, look at me now. And it's like, no, you know, you're showing people your authentic self, where you came from, you know what I'm saying? And all the struggles that you had to deal with and the things that you're still, of course, dealing with today, mm -hmm. you know? So I want you to speak to that in terms of in the book, what was, what was like the, the, was there like a hard chapter for you to write in the book? Was there, you know, what, what was the hardest part for you in the book that you had to, to write? You know what, Miss Aisha, it, it, this was a, it was a healing process. It was therapeutic because there were quite a few difficult parts in the book. Um, first and foremost, um, is going to be in the beginning chapters after the introduction, when I talk about the loss of my twin sister, 
And, you know, me talking about that is still a little difficult these days, even though she passed away when we were kids. You know how they say you come in the world alone, you leave alone. But what about those of us who didn't come in this world alone? And 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 I dealt with that loss, you know what I mean, and struggled with that from a young age. But then the hard part went from there to where I had to talk about my father, right, my biological father, um, who was an army veteran. Um, but the alcohol kind of made him a little violent, a little angry. Now let's talk about the army veteran part. That's trauma there. So he, he, he already came back from war, like with trauma, not to mention the childhood trauma that he experienced that I don't even know about. So I had to talk about some things that was a little bit uncomfortable for me and the family, but it's not to, to throw any dirt on my family, but it's to be authentic because that's the problem in Sasha that I find when I'm dealing with these youth, the reason why they won't respect us as authority figures as the way we respected Dr. King and Malcolm X. Remember they didn't have millions of dollars. That's not why we followed or respected them. That's not, why we talking about them today is not because of their financial status or their social status. It was because of their transparency, right? Their authenticity, right? And their ability to be effective and lead right from where they were. So I want people to know, like, just because you see me on the stage and I may be speaking to thousands of people just because you see me catching planes and I'm literally traveling the country, speaking to kids and educators all over the world. Like, because you hear my voice in over 30 different countries on my podcast, like, because you see people downloading my book and purchasing my book, they wearing my, my hoodies and my T-shirts, like, don't get it twisted. Like, you can do the same thing. So, so, so opening up. That childhood trauma, the fact I had to talk about being bullied, like it's not many strong men that's going to stand up in front of these young boys and say, look, man, I ain't always been this unapologetic. I haven't always had this confidence. I haven't always spoken right with this level of conviction and authority. Like it was a time where I was kind of whispering a little bit because I wasn't sure of myself. It was times where I was walking around timid, passive, you know, getting pushed around, scared to defend myself. Because daddy wasn't there to tell me, hey, it's not about winning the fight. It's about defending yourself and standing your ground. Like, I got to let people know, like, I went through that. I felt that hurt. I felt that pain. So so, so that was one of the hardest things for me. Because as I was writing it, Miss Sasha, I was, I was reliving the trauma. I was visualizing what I had gone through. And I was, re I was hearing some of the words that I heard when I was a kid. And I'm like, you know what? I could use this as an excuse to say, you know what? I can't write this book. I can't quit. But I chose to put my purpose over pointless excuses, pun intended. You dig? And I chose to push through it because I said, it's somebody somewhere right now that's being bullied. It's somebody somewhere right now that's struggling to find out that there's a leader on the inside of them. It's somebody right now who don't have their father. It's a young girl who don't have their mother right now, but they need to know that if I can get through it looking like me, that's what you need. You need an example that looks like you to feed into you, to empower you and to motivate you. Because if I look like somebody else, like I'm not going to have the same impact, but knowing I came from the hood, just like you came from the hood. I was broke. Like you was broke. I'm a former gang member. I done been locked up. I done portrayed some of the bad characteristics that I talk about my father, Miss Sasha, like, like that, that trauma from back then it manifested in me and I didn't even know it. And I had to talk about this stuff in the book and in the forthcoming book, it's going to be some more details. I didn't talk much about my adulthood in this book. It pretty much goes from my childhood up to me entering the military because I ended up following in my dad's footsteps again without directly trying to do it. He was an army veteran. I'm an air force veteran during active wartime. You see what I'm saying? So listen, it was a lot. It's a lot, Miss Sasha. I'm just going to say this. I definitely can see 
how the cameras would follow you. Okay. Oh. I mean, I'm just sitting up here like just blown away because all of the things you're saying, I mean, it just hits. I mean, it just really, really hits to your heart, to your soul. And the way that you speak, it, like I talked about in the beginning, in addition to the confidence, in addition to the surety, it's the compassion. Mm -hmm. It's the love. It's the, I want for my brother and sister what I want for myself. Yeah. And that's what our young people need to hear. They need to not only hear it though, like you said, they need to see it. They need to see the examples. And you saw, again, you talked about the father piece. How can we, and we still, you know, this is still in, in the part of the book, you know, aspect. How, how can we really, really appeal to our brothers? Because it ain't just like young brothers. I mean, you got brothers, listen, I'm 48, okay? And, un, you know, unfortunately, you got brothers in my age group and older who aren't doing what they need to do when it comes to mm. being present for their children. Or they're feeling like, man, well, shoot, they grown now. They, you know, they already grown now. You know what I'm saying? So what am I going to do? Mm. What, what, what do you, what advice would you give in terms of, you know, getting these brothers to understand, hey, look you can turn things around. What would you say, especially, you know, coming from a man's, you know, standpoint and obviously, and a father, you know, yeah. yourself, what would you say? I, I hope they got some time because this, this oh, one okay. might cut a little deep, right? Okay. So first first off, Miss Seisha, I want to let them know, like I'm 38 years old and I still want my dad to this day. You understand what I'm saying? Let me say that again. I'm 38 years old with five kids and a wife and I still want my dad to this day. I still wish I can pick up the phone and get some advice like that. These kids on my neck, what I need to do. Like, dad, I don't know if I'm being the right husband for my wife. I don't know if I'm executing like I'm supposed to. Like, like really, what do, what, what do I need to do? Or, or dad, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in this business. I'm trying, I'm this entrepreneur and ain't nobody before me ever did it like this. So I'm doing something new, but he ain't there, right? And I too have gone through a divorce. Right. Where my oldest three kids. Right. I was separated from them for a time. But listen, there's no ocean wide enough. There's no mountain tall enough. There's no valley too far to keep me away from my children. I'm going to go through whoever, whatever. I'm in the court. We done went to court about eight different times. I've been humiliated in court. I've been lied on in court. I've been personified as this person that I wasn't right now. Now, listen, let me tell you something like your behavior doesn't dictate your identity. I'm going to say it again. Your behavior doesn't dictate your identity because you can always change your behavior. Now, your identity is something different because it's who you are. It's a little more difficult to change who you are. You get where I'm coming from? So so, so my thing is, yes, the system, I'm not even finna sugarcoat it. I'm unapologetic with it, right? I want all the smoke. The system is set up to hurt us. It is not set up to help us. So we do have to deal with systematic oppression. We do have to deal with the indoctrination. Like it's a difference from being educated and indoctrinated, right? So the indoctrination is real, but guess what? It all started back in history when, 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 when the men, right? The strong men, like they were broken, they were broken. They, they, they were brought out in front 
so that so that anyone else that decided to be a a, a, a forward thinker or or, or or a real leader and to personify what they were really created to be, they were made example. Like they were really literally thrown tar thrown on them. They were literally chicken feathers thrown on them. They were literally tied to do two different horses, and they were literally the horses were beat and forced to run, and you would tear this man apart in front of these people. So we talking about trauma that was inflicted with the intent, right, to remove the male from his right as being the head or the leader. And now you have a whole bunch of men who don't know who they are, right? You have a whole bunch of men who grew up in households without fathers, right? They grew up seeing the mother like lead in the household. So now you got a bunch of men who are comfortable with their wives or their girlfriends pretty much taking the leadership role, right? And it's simply because they don't know who they are and they don't know that we can get into that. We can tap into that and unlock that door and we can let that real you out. But a lot of us, we've lost the fight. We've lost the fight. We've lost the courage because we look up and we was like, oh, well, I saw what happened to such and such. I don't want that to happen. I saw what happened to even Dr. King. Like, look what happened. Like I saw what happened to Malcolm X. Look what happened. Every time one of us stand up and try to be something and be somebody, something happens to silence them. And it was all done to inflict fear. And that's that word fear. We are afraid to be who we are because if we stand up and we take our rightful leadership role, we like, okay, we can't discipline the kids no more because the police get called and they're going to come take the man out the house. Then we have women. Listen, this is deep. Then we got women who feel like, okay, well, I don't need this man. Like, like all I needed was his money anyway. But if I got four kids, the government, they're going to give me about $2,800 worth of uh, supplemental income. So I'm going to just lay down, have these babies. I'm not going to respect this man. I'm going to go on and kick this man to the curb and then I'm going to follow the leadership of another man behind the scenes. You think you're independent, but you're literally dependent on the government system. Listen, this is deep. When God had already given us everything we needed within the family structure, like we got to get back to the cure for that is getting back to our rightful places. Like kings, we got to really start respecting these queens, pouring into them, building up. Like you, the, the queens were built to, to receive, nurture, and give birth. So you guys are going to receive what we give you. You're going to nurture it. And then you're going to give birth to it. So if we giving you a bunch of insecurity, like, like, like my wife had to check me a while ago. It's like, look, I can't, I can't trust you to lead. And you right here spazzing out. It's like, I'm like, man, why you won't let me do why, why, why this? And then she kept it real with me. Like it's something different when you got a real queen because she's supposed to challenge you. She's supposed to bring the real you out of you. And I'm like, you know what? Instead of getting mad at her, let me look in the mirror and say, look, bruh. You need to get your stuff together. Like, how you going to lead when you asking questions? What should I do? What should I do? She looking at me to tell her what to do. I'm supposed to have the plan. So kings, men, boys, all I'm telling you to do is take your rightful place. Because if we pour into these women, we going to get out what we give them. You can't go to the bank. I tell my kids this all the time. You can't go to the bank and make no withdrawals unless you first made some significant deposits. Or else you're going to get an insufficient fund notification and then you're going to get an overdraft notification and then you're going to have to pay more of what you don't have. So listen, it's already in you. But what you do if I don't have dad in the house? Guess what? That's why you got people like me. You have to go outside of the household. You have to find. I had a I had a podcast interview and my guest was saying we spend too much time on trying to figure out the what, Miss Sasha, and we need to find the who. Shout out to my man Elgin Mack, by the way, too. You know what I'm saying? 
We need to find the who, because if we find the person that's operating at a high level of doing what we want to do or what we aspire to be, they don't have a problem teaching us that. That's why I have mentors for everything I'm doing. I have mentors, right, that's going to show me how to lead by example, how to be that husband, that father, this businessman, this speaker, this author, this entrepreneur, like all of that. Excuses is not a reason. I don't know. I'm sorry. I tell my kids all the time. I don't know. That's an excuse. And it's pointless because now back in our day, we had encyclopedias, man. You got Google, you got YouTube university, man. Get your education up, man. Like, like, like really take initiative. Like, like don't make excuses. Like Eric Thomas, the ET, the hip hop preacher, which is one of my mentors. He says this, look, don't make excuses, make adjustments. I mean, it's like you just said, you're talking about so many statements that would mic drop, mic drop, mic drop. I'm just like, oh my gosh. But what really, what really stuck with me, what I love that you said is if you don't have it in your household, guess what? You can go out and get it. Okay, period. There aren't any excuses. Y'all just heard Brother Demont. He talked about no father, talked about stepfather, you know, issues there and all the other traumas that you dealt with, all the other things that was poured into you. And just like you talked about in terms of how the men, how you all are pouring into us, but how you going to pour into us if you have your own traumas, your own insecurities. And so those deposits are going to be a little janky. <laughs> okay. And then this is why we're having what we're dealing with right now, where you have our young people, as soon as a hardship happens, it's, oh man, I can't do this and all that. I think even just like with my, my students, I have to tell them, I'm like, hey, listen, you know, you're not going to sit up there just because you can't get this right now does not mean that you won't be able to get it. This just means what? If you're not getting this part right now, that means that you have to go back. We have to keep going over it. You have to do your part too. Because that's the thing, too. We want to make sure that we are pouring into our young people, letting them know that, no, we're not enabling you. OK, we are empowering you. And that's the key. We have to always be in that empowerment mode. And that's how you build legacies. Because if you have the enabling, then just like you talked about in terms of the excuses, that's where the excuses come. That's when a person is like, you know what? You know what I'm saying? I can't do it. Well, see, you know, you weren't able to take me you know, to, to my appointment. That's why I didn't make it like, is there something called public transportation? Come on, sis. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we even got Uber and Lyft now. I mean, please, you know what I'm saying? You can just go on your freaking phone and click, you know what I'm saying, the app, you know what I'm saying, to have somebody come pick your behind up. Stop it. Yeah. The excuses are out of the door. But it's just a trip though, how unfortunate with all of the plethora of things that we do have, we still are dealing with the excuses. And that's why with your book, your book is just so amazing. Like, oh my gosh, I, ha I have different things that I've underlined. Like I'm, I'm going to say something that I underlined and I want you to speak to it actually. Um, let's see. I like that part too, when you talked about, because you educated me on the... Uh, what is it? Oh, the reticular activating system. By the oh, way, yeah. I, I was like, I said, dang, I was like, dang. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I like this, this one part. I underline plenty of parts, y'all. 
Sometimes we waste too much time thinking about what we have been through that it prevents us from making progress towards where we are meant to be. One thing I have learned is that we really are what we think. Please speak to that. Speak and, to that. And, and that's it. That that's why some of our fathers are lacking. Like like that's why the prisons are over packed, right? That's why we going through a lot of the stuff that we going through because we can't get past what we've been through. You see what I'm saying? Like picture me, right? Standing before my five children telling them like, I can't be your good. I can't be a good dad to you because I'm still waiting on my dad to come. And at 38, my man ain't coming back. I got to do what I got to do because I'm the standard now. Like, like I'm the one that you guys are looking up to. But what it is, is we get stuck in what we've been through. And then somebody told me this, they was like, the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield of a car for a reason. Like, it's okay to glance back and see what's back there, but the windshield is bigger for a reason. You got to stay focused on where you're going. And, and 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 that RAS, right, the reticular activating system, that's this. The thing that we think about the most, that's the thing that's going to keep coming to us. It's just like the algorithm on social media. Like, whatever you look at, guess what? That's going to keep coming to your feed. Because it, you've shown the algorithm that that's important to you. So if you on Instagram and you watching people fighting, like you're going to get all that negativity, negativity deposited into you. And you're going to kick that drama out to somebody else. So you need to find something that's going to empower you. Okay, you don't know how to be a good dad. Okay, you need to be searching stuff on how to be a good dad. So you get that in the algorithm. And then you need to think, right? You need to think about where you want to go. You need to think constantly. You have to literally reprogram your thinking process because Miss Sasha, we've been programmed by television. It's called television programming for a reason, right? We've been programmed by the radio. We've been programmed by the media. Like we literally allow someone else to tell us how to think. We allow someone else to tell us how to shop. We allow someone else to tell us what's fashionable, what's cool. Like we supposed to look like this. It's like, wait, man, you have a brain in your own head right? That shoots out circuits, right? That shoots out chemical reactions, right? That causes your body to do certain things. We need to use it. It's the reason why the computer is made up literally like the human brain. You understand what I'm saying? But we don't know that though. Why? Because we won't focus on where we're going. We too busy focused on where we've been. We already know what's back there. But imagine, Miss Sasha, what it would look like if more of us took initiative to say, you know what? I know what's behind me. There's nothing I can do about it. But if I keep looking in the rearview mirror, eventually you're going to hit something. You get what I'm saying? And you're going to cause more damage, right, than you would if you just keep focused. It may take you a long time to get there. But if you're crawling, you're still making progress. The only way for me to get to the other side of the room is for me to get up and get to the other side of the room. Whether I got a scoot on the floor like I'm in the military crawling like this or whether I got to get up, take one step at a time. When I taught my babies how to walk, they was falling down, Miss Sasha. But guess what? Pick them back up, take another step, fall down. But even if you fall down the whole way, you look back, you still have gone further than you would have gone if you had not even tried. So you have to unlock the thought processes. You have to think forward and stop thinking in rear view. We got to start thinking forward and stop thinking in rewind. You get what I'm saying, Miss Aisha? Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh, man. You are just hitting it. This this is what this is what I envision with real reading talk, y'all. Literally, this is what I envision, especially with season three, because I said my intention was to make sure I get as many guests as possible who are black authors, okay, who have 
uh, written books that are just inspiring, books that are about legacy building, okay, about making sure that we are in the business of breaking those generational traumas, those generational curses, and stop making excuses. I mean, that whole analogy analogy that you brought up with the rear view, uh, Mir, yeah, because you had that in, in the book. I'm sitting up here, I'm like, I was like, dang, man, I'm like, I'm telling y'all, this book is powerful. That's why I bought some copies to distribute to the community here in Cleveland. And yes, I'm getting some more copies as well, because this book has to be in the hands of our people and not just young people. This book is for all ages, all right? Look, read it to your little five-year-old, all right? You know, they could be playing around, three-year-old, whatever. You Mamas, okay, you pregnant, read this book out loud. Your baby can hear in that womb, all right? So that we can plant those seeds, okay? We cannot keep making excuses, y'all, period, point blank. Oh, my goodness. So what I want to do is we're going to be coming up on time, and I want you, and you pretty much said it, but I want you to sum up for us. What do you hope that people get out of reading your book? What do you want them to walk away with? To be as simple as I can be, I just want them to walk away knowing that if if somebody like me can do it, like you can do it. Like, 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 like you really can break that generational curse, that generational cycle. Like you really can be the first author in your family. Like you really can become the father that you never had, the mother that you've never had. Like you really can make a difference. Like you really can become that person that really, really blazes trails for your generation. Like, like excuses is not an option. Right. The only thing we get out of excuses is failure, procrastination, hesitation and, and unproductivity. Right. So the biggest thing I want you to get out of the book is knowing. Right. That. Guess what? I don't have any superpowers other than my effort, other than the gifts and talents that I were born with. But even though I had I was born with gifts and talents, I had to do the work to cultivate and develop these gifts and talents. So I want people to read that book and be inspired. I want them to be educated, but I want them to be empowered. I don't want them to read the book and then put me on a pedestal. No, stop looking up to people that you're supposed to be looking eye to eye to. That was my problem. I was looking up to people I was supposed to be leading. So when you read this book, don't put me on a pedestal. This book is, is written to pull you up, to level you up so that we can be eye to eye and continue to build together. Oh my God, you... Why you say that one part? See, I underline that part too. Oh, I should have had it marked. But I underline that part when you talked about when you were in school and you realized that you were a leader and then it was something that had happened basically. And then you were like, okay, is this it? Okay, what I did not realize was that they were treating me the same way. I was treating myself poorly when you talked about that. Oh my goodness, it was another part too on there, but when you talked about in terms of I know, that. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? You wanna- When the guy wanna, was talking to my cousin and he was like, man, this, he's like, this your cousin? He's like, man, man, he's smart. Like I'm talking about like a computer. And I'm looking at my man like, dude, like this whole time I'm behind the scenes trying to be like these cool people, right? Not knowing that the cool people were behind the scenes really admiring and looking up to me. And, okay. and, and, and to hear that coming from this person is like, I never thought that person viewed me in that that way. So so you'd be surprised. People are watching you. People are watching you, but we too busy trying to be like somebody else. 
And then guess what? They're never getting an opportunity to see the real you because you ain't be you ain't the person you're trying to be, and the person who you really are can't be. So guess what? You ain't being nobody. So guess what? You got to show them you in order for them to see the real you. The you have to take over. Like be you. That's the that's the most that's the best advice I can give you. Stop trying to be everybody you see, right? And give everybody else someone to see, which is the real you. Oh my God, mic drop, y'all, oh my goodness, y'all, telling y'all, I'm telling you, there ain't no way. You get this book, you're not going to want to put it down. I'm telling you, I promise you, I read this in a day, okay, period. I was literally, I was getting my brakes fixed, <laughs> all right? I'm in the shop and getting my brakes fixed in the little room. They're like, you can have a seat. I was like, oh, okay. I said, Wow. Let me go get, because I had it in the car. That's what it was. I said, oh, let me go, go right back to the car, get my book, and was just like, oh, my God. Then, y'all, I got to say this part, too. I love how he has the section of notes. Yeah. I love that interactive piece, okay? Because a lot of times, because I already take notes anyway. I, <laughs> you know, when I'm writing my books and stuff, I'll have my little notes on the outside. I'll put my LOL, some crack me up and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So when you have that purpose notes, where you're literally, you're challenging people. Like you said, you're like, open up. You reading this book, you know you feel something. It's a reason why you're drawn to this. It's a reason why when you read that part, you kind of, you maybe froze up or maybe some tears came out of your eyes. Yep. It's a reason why, because it's hitting your spirit. Because just like our brother DeMont said, be you, be you. Every what is, What's the saying? Everybody else is taken, be you, because everybody else is taken. Everybody else is taken, yep. Okay, I mean, period. So with all of that being said, I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for uh, blessing us with your presence, with your nuggets, with your jewels, your knowledge, all of that great stuff, okay? And this is for real, real talk, okay? Because you absolutely brought it. I mean, you know, you're just doing phenomenal things. And just like we talk about in terms of giving people their flowers, you know what I'm saying? Now, letting people know how well you're doing, you know, you really, brother, you are doing great. And I got a shout out again, your cousin, yeah. <laughs> my girl, Miss Ebony Donnelly, okay, Cleveland. You don't got represent Cleveland now. Stand okay? up. All right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she brought it, okay? She she knows uh talent, okay, for real. So she like, hey, look, my cousin, he's doing a damn thing, okay? And so I definitely shouting her out. Yeah. And so what I would like for you to do is to tell everybody uh where they can get your book, okay, your merch. And, you know, do you have any upcoming uh, speaking events? You know, what are some different things, you know, website, all, all that stuff, you know, gotcha, to let everybody gotcha. know about you. All right. So you can get the book and the merch um, from DemontPopePublishing.com or to uh, simplify it, you can just go to DemontPope.com. Uh, there's a link on there for the books and merchandise. Um, also, I do got some amazing events coming up. As a matter of fact, on tomorrow, I'll be speaking to uh, some middle school and some high school students um, in Henry County, uh, Georgia here. Um, also, I am the vice president of the Atlanta chapter 
of the Next Level Speakers Academy um, and, and three of the top motivational speakers in the world just so happen to be my mentors. We're talking about Jeremy Anderson. Shout out to you, big bro. Yeah. Inky Johnson, shout out to you, bro. He also went to the same high school I went to. And of course, can't forget to mention the number one motivational speaker in the world right now, which is Eric Thomas. So these three are my mentors. So believe me when I tell you, even though I'm doing what I'm doing, I still had to find mentors that's doing it on a higher level so that I can get there. So um, if you're in the Atlanta area and you're trying to be a speaker, y'all tap into us. Uh, we got monthly meetings. Um, I'm here. But again, you can find me on social media, everything at DeMont Pope. Um, again, the website, DeMontPope.com. Um, for the merchandise and also demontpopepublishing.com. If you're trying to book me for a speaking event, virtual or in person, you want to go to demontpope.com and hit that uh, that booking tab, okay? Nice. Oh my goodness, man. Y'all, and I am going to put those links as well. All right. So I'll put that, you know, in the description and everything so that people you all can go and easily just click those links because he deserves to be supported. All right. We have to support our black kings, our brothers who are putting in the work. Okay. So I hope you all, again, like I said, I appreciate Brother DeMont Pope, number one. Number two, I hope most importantly, just like he said, it's not just about us, you know, revering the person, right? Getting caught up in the cult of personality, okay? Getting caught up in, oh, wow, this person. It's about what is it that they're saying? What is it that they are doing that is, you know, helping to make those movements, those changes, all right? Those necessary changes that we need in our personal lives, our families, our communities, and the world, period. So with all that being said, you all, Thank you all for listening. This has been the first episode of season three of Real Reading Talk. Again, I am Miss Sation, the Real Reading Talk. Our mantra is uh, we are here to, uh, you know, eradicate this, this, this low levels of literacy in the Black community, talk about the issues in terms of where it started and how we can fix this problem together. So again, I thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Brother DeMott. And you thank all you. take care. And remember to please keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. All right, peace. Oh, wow. What, what did I tell y'all? I told y'all that season three was going to be fire. And that's what I meant. So I was coming out the gate with it. I had to have the phenomenal DeMont Pope. And the nuggets, the jewels, the gems that he dropped, I hope that you all got them written down. But of course, in these days of technology, whatever you didn't get written down, you can actually go back and listen to again and again and make sure that you share because that episode was just full of empowerment, of inspiration, upliftment, authenticity, all of the things that encompasses what Real Reading Talk is all about. All right. So with all of that being said, now I got to get some promotion going on talking about one of the things that I do, one of the many hijabs that I wear, which is I am a pre-K through fourth grade reading tutor, and I'm also a certified dyslexia tutor as well. So if your baby is struggling with comprehension, they're struggling with phonemic awareness, phonics, uh, those basic uh, reading skills that are needed, trust and believe. If they don't get it when they are young, it's going to be a struggle for them when they get older. 
So make sure that you reach out, reach out to me via my website, which is abclearntutoring.com. Click on that free reading assessment today, abclearntutoring.com. Also, I am the founder and executive director of ABC Read. ABC Read, our mission is to develop and nurture a culture of literacy in Black and underserved communities. And we've been doing that since 2014, distributing books that represent primarily Black people, Black culture, Black experiences, written and illustrated by, by Black folks as well. We also have reading events, interactive, engaging, intergenerational. All right. And we also make sure you got to have the food on deck as well. So we make sure we are providing healthy, nutritional foods as well. If you want to check us out, go to abcread.org. If you want to donate, please go to abcread.org or you can just simply hit the cash app button, abcread. And I want you to go to the website so you can see the different things that we've been doing in the community. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, ABC Read as well. And I got to promote, bam, y'all, check it out. I was hoping you all can see without me having to do this, but it don't matter. It's all right. Reading is freedom. The merch is available on the readingisfreedom.store. Readingisfreedom.store, okay? So I got the shirts, mugs, hats. Oh my goodness. Got uh, shirts on there with Malcolm X quote. All right, Toni Morrison's quote, as well as Frederick Douglass quote, and we're going to have more and more, just adding more and more, because it's about reading is freedom, reading is liberation, reading is empowerment, all of these different things, okay? We know that reading was something that was denied to Black people, so that's why I said I got to put that back in the mindset, the psyche of Black folks, that reading has always been linked to our liberation, okay? And... With all of that being said, uh, the last thing, just summing it up, just make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom, okay? So I got ABC Read, which is connected to the nonprofit. Then we have Reading is Freedom, and that is just my regular YouTube channel that has a plethora, a multitude of read-alouds for the whole family. So make sure you subscribe soon as possible, y'all. This episode is going to be on the Reading is Freedom YouTube channel. And uh, just to uh, end everything now, I want to share with you all uh, the quote. Um, actually, I wanna take a quote from our dear brother who I just interviewed, okay? This brother here, for those of you who are listening, I'm holding up the book, so make sure you, you'll be able to see it uh, when you look at it on YouTube. Purpose over pointless excuses. I'm going to put his information in the description so you all can just click the link. I highly advise that you buy his book, okay? Period. Please get his book. Support this brother, all right? And if you need a speaker, he said go on his website and you can book him to speak in your uh, locale, either uh, in person or virtually, all right? So make sure you support him, Mr. DeMont Pope, okay? And uh, the quote I'm just going to keep it simple, all right? Because he said plenty of things. But I like how he said books never die, all right? Books never die. And that's the importance of us having these books, especially physical copies. You can have an ebook, that's fine. You can listen to a book on audio, but guess what? That The physical copy, somebody had to, they wrote it down somewhere, right? Put it on some pages, and it got typed up on the pages. You want that physical copy. You never know what may happen with this technology, all right? So it's always great to have that physical 
copy, all right? So I like how he said, books never die. Speaking of books, the books that I've been reading, uh, one of the books, rather, that I'm reading for the second time is this book again, all right, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, all right? So make sure that you all get that book. I've been reading it for the second time, like I said before. And um, I also, uh, I, I'm gonna shout out to one of the children's books um, that I, I just finished reading to my children that I was reading before they go to bed. Uh, it's called Mansa's Little Reminders. Okay. So it's a cool little book talking about a little boy, of course, black boy and getting lessons in entrepreneurship and starting the business. And he's getting all these little lessons, uh, from a little squirrel. Okay. <laughs> squirrel named Mansa. All right. So, uh, you guys make sure you check that out as well. So with all that being said, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. I hope you all got great benefit. Please make sure that you subscribe. Please make sure that you share. And please make sure that you leave comments and give likes, okay? Make sure you do all of those things. You know how the algorithms work. When you put it out there that you're listening to it, you're commenting, you're sharing, then guess what? More people are going to find out about it and you're going to keep getting more content, content coming back to you in that same realm. All right. So you all make sure you take care and please keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. And remember, reading is freedom. This has been Real Reading Talk, episode one of season three. I'm Miss Sasha. Peace.